Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, the search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. That would make me your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Oh, Friday, Friday it is, Chris. Welcome we back. It. We made it. Yes, another another week in the bank. Yeah. Um, and some good minutes and some not go so good minutes. <laughs> I feel like you're setting the stage for today. <laughs> I don't want to say this is a bad minute, but um, yeah. There's been yeah. better minutes. There's been better minutes, yes. Yeah. Um, so we're on a minute 52, and this minute starts with Tork finishing his thoughts, uh, the very scientist you seek, and ends with uh, Krug and his crew uh, walking through the windy jungle forest of Genesis. I'm not quite sure where they are. That sounds about right. That's how I describe it. Mm. Yeah, we talked a little bit offline uh, about this minute, and uh, it's not uh, after the very exciting minute we just had. Yeah, this one is not so much. And and for me, I think it's really uh, uh, I, something about these moments on the bridge of the Enterprise bridge. That's not working yeah. for me. And uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so it's it's a turnoff. <laughs> uh, I will say I do enjoy the minutes with um, very young Spock. Um, I feel like that is a every moment he has with Robin Curtis. I feel like there's the connection there, like it really really works. Um, but yeah, I think what's as soon as we see that, we're immediately pulled from that and we're put back on the. The, the Enterprise, the bridge of the Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's 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 go back. Let's dial it back to the beginning. Uh, so it starts with the, it's uh, actually starts with the. I mean, Krug has still got his uh, disruptor pointed right in the camera. Yep. Uh, and then he hears Torg, and he. <laughs> Could this be more Christopher Lloyd? This reaction when because he, he he drops the gun and he leans forward, and I, I mean it's you you want to you want to hear him say "Great Scott," yeah, <laughs> right. It's just a, it's just it's his move, you know his his the way he's acting. He just kind of drops the gun, leans in, um, but he says "Very good" instead. So he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, uh, he overhears Savick saying, "Calling Savick, calling Grissom, come in, please." Um, yeah, so he he's very happy that there are people on the planet. Yeah. Because he wanted prisoners. What would he what would he have done if they if there weren't any? Would he be shooting everybody on his bridge? I wonder if they just would have stayed put for a while until someone else showed up. Because eventually, mm-hmm. you know, the Grisham goes boom. Eventually, someone's going to have to investigate, and they'll send another ship and. They can just disable that one and take that ship over. The Grissom goes boom. Grissom goes boom, baby. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. They would have just laid in wait. Yep. All right. Uh, so, yeah. so then we switch gears again. We're back on the planet where uh, Savick and David are trying to figure out what's going on. 
Uh, Savic calling out Grissom. This is Savic on a meet emergency frequency. Come in, please. All the while, young Spock is rubbing her nose and then rubbing his nose. And I and I wonder if that's a is that a is that a Vulcan thing? Is he like is he giving her a sign for for something like, or is he just saying like you have a nose, I have a nose? Yeah. That's I. That's what I've always interpreted as. You, you know, he, he's. I think he's in, in. He's acknowledging or he's recognizing that. Oh, I, you know, someone like me. And rather than yeah, being right. obviously, yes. you know, rather being too too heavy hand heavy handed about it, touching his ears and her ears, you know. Right. Uh, what I like about this though is that he's using the two finger gesture. Yeah. To do it, which you know, that's that's a, that's again, that's a Vulcan thing. Um, I don't know if you remember the, you know, the first time we ever see Sarek and Amanda um, in the original series, they many, many times they, 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 I'm going to say hold hands or they hold hands, which they both just touch those two fingers together. Right. That's kind of that, that Vulcan yeah. um, handshake. That's not, but you know what I mean? Um, so that well, two that's finger sort of, gesture is, is a, it's a nice touch here. Right. So that's what led me to believe to ask the question, is this a Vulcan, is this a Vulcan mm. thing he's communicating here? Or is it just, he is, his body is sort of on autopilot. That's the way it knows to use that the two fingers in the Vulcan manner. Or is it just happenstance that it just happened to work out that way? Either way, I think I think it's a great nod to where we're going. Absolutely. Yeah. I yep. I agree. I think it's deliberate. I don't think it's a. I don't, I don't think they just they, they did it on purpose. It, right. For, for all of us, all the Star Trek nerds. Like, oh, use two figures. It's the Vulcan handshake. Yeah. I, I like so, the, I like but before you, the, I like the communicator. You get a shot of the communicator while she's talking. The little the it all it is is a little red and green light blinking on the panel. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, that's like, oh, I want to see more, and you know you don't get it, but it, it's a uh, that's not what I expected to see on the front of that thing. Well, it doesn't look anything like the old one, which had the little knob and the dial and the spinning swirling thing in the middle. Oh, I love you the know? spinning swirly thing. I think yeah. it's the best. Uh, I agree. Um, I agree. So then David asks, you know, Savic, what, what happened to them? And then she, I'm assuming, hypothesized. Um, you know, it would seem that Grissom was destroyed by an enemy attack. We must go. They will soon come after us. Do all Vulcans not use contractions? Is that? Hmm. Probably not. I just noticed it here. Just like it seems yeah. like she's doing it a lot. Uh, I, 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 I'm just asking the question. I, I don't know if I've actually paid attention, but they may not. They may not use contractions. Right. It's not just a data thing. <laughs> David's reaction to this, I think, is very cool. Uh, he looks up. Right. He looks up to the sky. Like, yeah, that's that's. That's a good reaction to somebody just said this, the starship just got destroyed up in orbit. Yeah, that would be my first reaction. That would, you would, although you rarely see that in Star Trek, like people do that when bad things yeah, happen exactly. up in orbit. No. Nobody really does that, but that's a great like. Yeah, be, oh, can I see it? Is it a little bit of uh, foreshadowing, perhaps, David? Mm, maybe, maybe. Anyway, just I like that moment. So yeah, so she knows that they're under attack, and then she's now supposed, you know, she's she's 
piecing the things together and basically saying they must have been, you know, they're no longer able to respond. Um, they must have been destroyed, which I feel like is kind of the extreme um, because we going back to, um, you know, what Spock said in Wrath of Khan, you know, there's two two things. They're unwilling to respond or Ooh, yeah. they are unable to respond. Like she just immediately goes for the they've been destroyed. You know, maybe communications were cut out. Maybe communications were jammed even further. She just immediately goes to, well, they must have been destroyed, right. which I feel like is a little – I, I don't know. I, I guess it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, because what did she – she asked what was happening. She heard them call right. for evasive, and then what? Did she hear the explosion? Did the line go dead? Did you know, she start getting static? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And you know, what if they had warped away? Like, I, like my first oh, yeah. suggestion was what if they had warped away? Right. Would they still be able to reach her on the planet? Um, I would say Or no. maybe they're just busy – with evasive maneuvers, Riker Delta Five. You love that one. I, do. I, I love it whenever Riker commands the, the Enterprise. Uh, shields up. Wouldn't it be Riker shields up? <laughs> um, so yeah. So and then she follows it up with, "They will soon come after us." Again, I feel like it's. Yeah, who's they? How how would she know? Maybe it was – I feel like there's a lot of supposition here. There's a lot of – she's taking a leap with what information she has available. So she's assuming Grissom has been destroyed, and she's also assuming that the people who came to destroy the Grissom are there for the planet and not just some pirate or bad dude. Like yeah. they are specifically there to capture Genesis or learn about Genesis or whatever. So I feel like she's taping, taking a very large leap by saying they'll come after. I mean, obviously we know. We just heard them say, you know, Krug said very good that that's what he wants. He wants the prisoners. So we as the audience know that. But I feel like she's sort of maybe, like we've said in the past, she's sort of confirming our suspicions that they're going to get them. Okay? Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with I agree with it, uh, with what you're saying. I was uh, one thing I wanted to share, just related to all this, to, is the novelization by Vonda mm. McIntyre. There's a great <laughs> the way she the way she plays out the same scene. Um, you know, Esteban says, "Stand by for evasive." Uh, it says that the cracked voice dissolved in a rattle of static, and Savick starts saying, "Captain Esteban, come in, please." And uh, the next line is, "Deep space replied to her with silence." Ooh, that's a good very, line. Very <laughs> ominous. Yeah. So I could see how <laughs> for just from that, that, that tiny exchange in, in the mm. novel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's gone. She knows it's gone. <laughs> she knows they're and, gone. Yeah. And she, she knows enough about, you know, her training of, you know, enemy, enemy attack. They're probably going to be looking for survivors. So right. you know, this is probably all training that's kicked in. So the next shot is as they transition so they transition from Grissom. They go back to the Enterprise. Yep. There's a yes. The that moment. Uh, I want to talk about it because the I was looking. If you're scrubbing, you know, we've been scrubbing the minute right just through those couple that second or two of the Enterprise warping through. Um, you know, it's the typical kind of the rainbow effect. Uh, yes. There's, there's a couple of frames where the Enterprise itself uh, looks like it's just all white. 
and and I'm sure it's just you know whatever the quality of the <laughs> video we have and the, the effect. I don't think they deliberately did that, but it made right. me. But it made. But it's a it's a cool couple of frames and like oh that would be a really that would be a fun addition to the warp effect. You know, not only do you have the rainbow, but the Enterprise, you know, kind of goes this whitish transparency. You know, yeah, that would I, be a nice I, touch. Yeah, I'm sort of you know scrubbing back and forth on it, and it does it definitely enhances the um, the effect. Yeah, by seeing that sort of glowy, glowy, glowy Enterprise thing. Right. And again, I, I don't know if they did, if they did that deliberately or it's just kind of a side mm. effect for how they they put the model together with the you know, with the, the blur, the motion, you know, the motion blur and the, the rainbow. Uh, but it's a, just a cool, it, it makes me want to see, see it longer. I want to get a better look at it. And, uh, yeah. and, that's, and that's all I want to talk about in this minute. I'm done. <laughs> oh, wait, there's still 30 seconds of the bridge. There's more. <laughs> yeah, actually there's exactly 30 seconds more of the bridge. Um, so Sulu, Estimating Genesis 2.9 hours present speed. I think um, I think from now on I'm gonna I'm gonna offer up uh, how long it's gonna take me to get somewhere by point something. Point something. Okay. Um, how long is it gonna take you to finish that project? Uh, 1.23 hours. Like I feel like that's such a weird 2.9 hours. That's such a weird number. Yeah. Why don't you just round up? Say three hours or yeah, two hours. I don't minutes. know. It's not metric. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm totally picking here, um, just because again, ugh, there's something about the end of this minute here that I'm not in love with. Well, here let's let's revel in the first few seconds where we get to a good look at the helm and, and navigation yes. dashboard. So that's yeah, we, I, we get a good look at all this all the stuff. Yep, we get a good look at the um, you know Scotty station with the rainbow. Uh, you know, the red, orange, and green um, showing different systems, and then the sort of honeycomb, uh, clear blue layout thing. Yep. Very cool. And then there's, like, some sort of some sort of screen in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure that is. And then uh, Sulu's got his own little honeycomb thing, a couple of other switches and knobs, and then it looks like what, he, what, what appears to be uh, a joystick. Yeah, so we... we yeah, we noticed that recently. And where's the? Uh, it's probably hidden by by Sulu himself. But we have seen the, you know, the, the throttle, right? Yes. And he uses yes. his left hand. To... <laughs> I wish you saw that more often. Uh, but it's not. You can't see it in the shot. Um, the one thing I wanted to note is particularly the screen that Scotty's looking at, the the red, orange, green one, or the red, yellow, green one, yeah. is that it it does appear to be sort of that touch. You know the touchscreen, like we were talking about on the Excelsior, how oh, basically yeah. everything there is touchscreen, and this must be sort of one of the pieces to start, um, you know, to start that that the screen, the touch touching thing that we see later in uh, further movies. Yeah, good eye. Yeah, right. The center, the center one, the center panel between them looks like a flat yeah. screen, and yeah. you're right that that display that Scotty's playing with also looks flat paneled. That's a, that, that's a nice transition too, because it's sitting right yep. next to all of the honeycomb buttons, and right, yeah. Um, so we get a little bit of old tech and new tech. And I do think it, I think it looks very cool. I, I think if I ever got the opportunity to go to one of these sets and sit down, I think I would, I think it'd be just so awesome. We should do that as a road trip, right? Yep. 
that the uh, what's the original series uh, set up in uh, oh, yeah. Ticonderoga, yep. New York. Yep. Let's go road trip. Road Start trip. Minute road trip. Oh, could we do that as a field trip with our listeners? Do like a meetup. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> Uh, I think it's, I, we'll have to wait till spring. I think it actually closes in the wintertime or something for, yeah. some, for some reason, but, um, all right. That'd be, that'd be very cool. Let's pencil it in. All right. So moving on. That wraps up this minute then. Yep. So Scotty then says, uh, or Kirk says, can we hold, hold speed, Scotty? Um, I, sir, she's got her second win now. Sure. Engines are warmed up. Yeah, sure. I'll sure. buy that. Yeah. Yep. Kirk then says, scan for vessels in pursuit. Is he just, so he says he just throws that out. I almost feel like he's directing that particular comment to Chekhov because Chekhov is sitting over in that direction. Like he's not looking towards Spock's station. He's, and then McCoy in the Spock voice says, uh, scanning indications negative at this time. And I know I've gone on record before with saying that McCoy or, you know, DeForest Kelly has done the Spock voice. This is one instance where I believe Nimoy did the voice. He absolutely did the voice. There's, yeah, there's no question here. Yes. Uh, which is disappointing. I don't, like, well, why? Why, yes. not? why not I, continue with... I think that, yeah, I agree. I think it's a bad choice. I you know, whether it's Nimoy made the call or Har Bennett or whoever, I, I do agree. I think it's a bad, bad choice. I think they should have still gone with the McCoy pretend to be Nimoy boy, uh, Spock voice. Yeah. Um, although I do, as much as I don't like parts of this minute, I do love Shatner's reaction. The quick, you know, the yeah, very quick look like, oh, my God, did I just hear Spock? And then everyone else does the slow, you know, the slow turn. Sulu and Scotty. Um, and then McCoy's like, hey, did I did I get it right? You know, am I doing a good job here or what? The the reaction, though, I I, I agree with you. I love Kirk's reaction. Uh, I, the, the other two reactions, it doesn't fit for me because <clears throat> I think all three of them should have whipped their head around just like at the same time. Oh, I agree. Because yeah, it's almost like it's almost like boom, boom, boom. It should have just been woof, like yeah. everyone like woof. What? What the, what the hell? Uh, so, so as as great of a reaction Shatner's is, I get distracted because I'm like, why aren't they turning? And they all yeah. heard the voice at the same time. And why is it such a delayed reaction for Sulu turns first and then Scotty? And yeah, it, that would have been, I think, much more realistic if they had all turned right. at the same time. Yep. <laughs> And it might have been even more fun if they all turned really slowly, like, oh, my God, what did I just hear? What am I going to see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's going on over What's there? What's going on over there? Uh, and I actually, when, when you see McCoy sitting in the chair, he's sort of sitting a little forward. I almost I almost feel like he's very childlike. Yeah. Like he's sitting forward and he's like, hey, did I, did I get it right? Like, did I do a good job? Yeah, I don't like that either. And then Kirk gives him what I'm going to consider an attaboy. Great, great bones. Just, just great. Yeah. Attaboy. Well, okay. I like that you just brought that up and said he was childlike. I agree with you. I agree with you. He does seem childlike and it bugs me to no end. Cause I'm like, what is this? He's not acting like McCoy 
at all. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but if we go back to the Genesis planet and we've got, you know, young Spock mm. on the surface, just acting on instinct, you know, presumably childlike, I don't really know how a Vulcan child acts, but you know, childlike there, uh, is this supposed to be, a, is this, are we supposed to be tying this back in some way to is McCoy supposed to be acting childlike? Uh, I'm, I'm totally think you, think you just think you just blew my mind, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, it I in no way attributed his rea- his behavior to the boy, but maybe as they get closer, oh, things are happening. I don't know. I'm I'm totally trying to make an excuse for this <laughs> performance hey, decision. I, you got me. <laughs> I am on the hook now. I am. I'm. You're reeling me in on that because I totally buy it yeah this i don't uh yeah i don't like it i i don't like the the performance i it doesn't seem like mccoy at all even even though we know mccoy's under duress and you know struggling with all things going on Uh, him acting like a little kid and asking for praise just so unlike mccoy and so unlike spock so it's not even like a blend of the two right yeah um i I feel like i'm about to get mad like i hate this moment But I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah. But I'm just like, yeah, why? What is the, why did they go with this, these decisions? And, mm. um, so yeah, so that's my. Let's speculate that they are, as they're getting closer, they're getting more linked. Mm, perhaps. Mm. So then we finished, you know, last couple of seconds, uh, last two or three seconds here, four seconds, um, on Genesis, we sort of get a, uh, you know, the trees and the. Wind is blowing, and we see Krug and a couple of, a couple of his goons coming around the the bend. Yeah, Klingon goons. <laughs> yeah. Well, we I'd don't see. know who it is. We don't know if it's Torg and you know Maltz or uh, or who else it is. But it's or, definitely or, a couple G- of his goons. Gimli and the other guy. Yeah, Gimli and the other guy. Uh, all right. Well, I, I yeah, I've got I've got some I've got some stuff about. Uh, the Klingons on Genesis, but I think we can save it for, for the next minute. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. So, uh, that's all I've got. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. All right. Yeah. It's the weekend. So folks, um, how about we do this? Why don't we ask, um, if you guys are enjoying the show, if you're enjoying Star Trek minute and, uh, the search for Spock and the wrath of Khan and all the things we've done, why don't you head on over to star Trek minute.com. We've got a digital tip jar out there and you can leave a few bucks. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, all that, all that funding goes, uh, goes into the keeping the show, uh, alive and the and lights on and helping us bring the, bring it to you three days a week. Um, so please and thank you. And uh, we're going to be back again on Monday talking about Minute 53 of the Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye.